Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT. We are here again with a wonderful discussion that Rich and I are going to be bringing. I'm here. Yeah, Rich Barron. Can you believe it? Rich has made it with us. Man, who is just more well-known than you can under you begin to understand, especially <laughs> in the music world. I mean, this guy is known. And I'm Michael Bailey. I'm fortunate to be his partner. And we've got a great topic that we're going to be talking about tonight. It is about leadership, as it always is. Remember, what we want to re- keep in mind here is leadership is the way that cultural change happens, whether it's for good or for ill, whether it's the change is not really going anywhere, just finality, or it's or if it's going to be something just absolutely wonderful, people just love to get to work, get there and be with the great people that they get to work with and just use their talents. Everything's great. That's what joy is. Joy in the work. There was actually a book about that, you know, work and joy. Uh, but it's been a while. <laughs> We've been through some tough times, haven't we, folks? <laughs> so tonight we're going to be talking about uh, how leadership can actually fail in the sense of how they lead by not really being there working with their people. And we've got some great examples to go through. We've got some great points to, yeah. to go through as well. So let's start. Rich, let's get right to it. We've got an exciting podcast tonight. We've got some points here. Let's start with uh, leaders who just are passive, aggressive. Yep. Just don't seem to have what it takes to, you know, man up or woman up to just deal with the difficult problem. So what they do is they avoid. Let's talk about that here. Well, here's here's the one thing. Let's 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 uh, just point out that there's there is absolutely no shortage of of intelligent, bright people in the boardrooms. They have the uh, you know from all outside appearances, man. They they've got it going. You know they've got this this uh, cognitive capacity. They've got this intellectual capacity. They've got all you know. They've got all the you know the success in their careers. But then why is it, you got to ask yourselves, why is it that 75% of all organizations fail to change leadership? Why do they fail? And who is to blame? Well, let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about this. Um, you know, what do you said avoiding conflict? Is that correct? Yep. So here's the problem. Conflict in any organization is inevitable. It's, it's inevitable in, in any team. And Conflict is a good. It's good because it clears the air. It clears the air. It's it allows people to move beyond the current issues they have. But you're going to find out that these leaders, 
A lot of these leaders like to avoid conflict. They'll stand on the outside and watch while it goes on within a team or within an organization. But they'll stand on the outside and watch that without getting in and helping resolve that problem. Good leaders have a plan. They have a plan when conflict arises. What am I going to do to resolve this? How do we get past this? With a true understanding that it's going to happen, the, the conflict's going to happen, and you've got to be able to resolve that and be able to move on. And a lot of these leaders that we talk about um, that can't get beyond that are the ones that really might have an issue with leadership. Again, this whole idea here of leadership is not something that you can just assume that you've got the, the, the skills, the technical skills, the people skills, the management skills, the, the, even just the, the leadership skills themselves. You can't assume that you have it. Like anything else in life, whether it's learning uh, how to play a piano or hit a golf ball or uh, wrestle or drive a car or you know, any number of things, there's, there's attention that must be paid to and practice that must be paid for. That's what that deal is in terms of real leadership skills. And so when someone doesn't have those skills, it becomes evident because what do they do? They do nothing. They hope it goes the way. They hope people yeah. are mind reading. Well, they should know what it is that I'm thinking it because I don't want to say it. Or they just get passive aggressive about it. They don't really say what they want. They don't really say, stop doing that. Let's do this instead. They never really come and say it. They just kind of dance around it. That is absolute. You know what that does to, to employees? It makes them go crazy. Yes. That's what it does. And it aggravates them. It frustrates them. It annoys them. And they kind of wonder what the heck is going on. If you want something from me, let me know if I need to change, if I need to improve, if I got to step it up or if I need to, you know, just whatever it is. Tell me, because if I am, and it, it goes to something very simple. We are happiest when we know our jobs. We are happiest when we know what is expected. Because if we don't have that sense of, you know, this is what it is, we get what? Anxious. And we start to worry. We start to fret. And once we start worrying and fretting and all that other stuff, we're not paying attention to our job. And so it just goes downhill. Let's talk about organizational values. I tell you, this is a big one. It is huge. Let's it's talk huge. about what you take on organizational values and communicating those to the people there at your organization. Well, I, I want you to envision for just a minute. If there was a trench and all the people in the company were working down, they're down in this trench. You can't see over the top. But above this trench, standing above this trench is the leader who has the vision of the future. He can see out beyond the trench. He can see the horizon. He can see where we are going, where we need to be. Now, it's his, it's his responsibility, his or her responsibility, to communicate what he sees to those people in the trenches, or those people in the organization, if you will, who don't have the vision or the ability to really see where the company needs to go. So let me ask you something. How do you expect the people in your company to, to know where we, who we are and where we're headed if there's no core purpose statement, if there's no mission statement, if there's no vision statement. And mostly, you know, these could be posted on a wall someplace in your organization. But if you're not communicating them, if you're not living those values, 
if you're not if 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 the organization isn't following what they'll say then therein lies the problem you've got the organizational values is and we go back to i think the most important part of that is that core purpose statement that you know core, that purpose statement who are why are we in business why are we here it's not the vision and mission which is the how and the what it's the why that has to come first why are we here and and if you don't have a simple understanding of why we're here in business why we do what we do then you're not going to be able to communicate the vision or the mission or the organizational values to anybody else and have them actually believe you. Yeah, there's a lot to that. There's this thing that we like to talk about, which is called accountability, right? Yes. You can't be accountable for something that you don't really define. You can't be accountable for something that you don't really share in terms of this is what we stand for, this is what we are about. If you don't really communicate that, then that is a way, you know, an interesting way to, to sabotage the organization and oftentimes to protect yourself. Right. That's what it really comes down to. And I'll tell you what, you can do an exercise that just gather your your executive team or your directors or whoever it is, or even go into a particular team and say, here are our company values. Boom, here they are. You define them. How do you define them? And then ask, how once there's the fine, you discuss it. Say, when was the last time you saw us working by these values? Making decisions, setting up operations, communicating, you know, holding each other accountable. When was the last time you saw? What? How many times have you seen us not living these values? I'm going to tell you, you're going to find a lot of places where it's going to go. Because yeah. it's because it's just a lot of mouth service. Uh, just that's all it is. You're just saying it, but you really don't mean it. But something happens when you actually delineate, define, specify what these values are in your organization, communicate them, and then integrate them into the lives of those that work for you, that come and do the work that's needed to be done for your organization to work. Something starts to happen, and it's, it's an incredible thing. Most times that doesn't happen, and so what you get is this disconnect between those that are in charge and those that are following and just... It becomes just a hypocritical mess is what it comes down in short. And right. here's, here's the thing. You can't do this in a semi-annual town hall. No. It has to be communicated continuously, consistently. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's a daily thing. It's not an occasional visit, right? Right. We're, we're going to be going on a vacation. We're going to visit our values. Ha ha. So yep. next is a lack of process. <laughs> if, if there's not clear processes in uh, in your in your organization, and, and that and there's all kinds from manufacturing to sales to communications to teams and on and on, there's not clear processes. You're gonna have some problems here. So let's talk about process and just generally in an organization. People want clear steps in order to to complete the tasks that fall within their own job description. They want to know what the steps of that that are. Now, that doesn't mean they want to be micromanaged. That doesn't mean they want you to hold their hand. They just want a clear description of what it is that I need to do. What is the process that I'm going to help improve? What is the process that I've been hired for? Um, and when that communication fails, when that job description fails, that communication fails, 
people are left floundering. They, they feel incompetent. And here's here's what's even worse is, and I've got a perfect example of this right now. When you're hired to do a specific job, you've been brought in for to do ABC, and this is what your job description is, and you, what you were you were is explained you were going to do. And the first within the first couple of days, suddenly you come in. They come in and say, "No, I want you to. I'm going to have you do this. This is now part of your job description." With the with the with the, still the ex, uh, the expectation that you're going to continue to do what it was you originally hired for. Now that's that's a huge failure in communication. It's now you're splitting this individual up where they don't know am I, am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do this? Um, and then they get in trouble for it because it wasn't a clear definition of what they were supposed to be doing. It was a lack of actual process. It's a funny thing that if if, if you, you have to look at your people. And you have, to ask, you have to ask yourself, are these people competent? Are they bright? Are they capable? Can they really do this? And if they are, then, you know, delegate. Here's what it is. We're going to train you on it. You go do this. You get this done. We're going to support you. We're going to be there with you. And um, we'll make sure that things get done, that you get the proper support that you need. And you're responsible. And then let's see what happens. Celebrate the successes along the way, the little ones, the big ones. Let's take a look at the consequences. Let's work this thing through. I mean, yep. that's really now a process of you really working with them and them working with you. And it makes everybody and it gives everybody the opportunity to feel good about what it is that they're doing. It's yep. all that other stuff that, that we can get into about, like you say, what happens when you change your mind about the process? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Midstream. Yeah, that's right. Midstream. You know? <laughs> And then how confident do you look like you're, 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 of course, there's ways you can handle that. So that becomes a smoother transition from doing it this way to that way. No, oh, yeah, yeah. But if you're it's just changing it. Right place, but. Yeah. And, and what happens. Their expectations. Yeah. What happens is you end up playing gotcha. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. That's a bad, bad thing to do. How about, uh, let's talk about this. Assuming, assuming accountability here. That is, uh, or oh. that is a lack of showing accountability. And that goes both ways. It kind of fits into what we're just talking about here. Lack of accountability or showing it, demonstrating it. Accepting blame is part of being a leader on a team, a leader in an organization, a leader, uh, you know, with whatever you're doing, having the ability to accept, yeah, my, we've, we've had an issue. Yeah, blame. And we are gonna, but and we're gonna. I'm gonna work with the, the team, or I'm gonna work with the company, or we're gonna move through this. It's part of that empathy we talked about, Michael. When you're when you're empathetic, that means you're there feeling the same pains that everybody is feeling. You and you know, you understand that we all need to. We got this problem. I understand we're all feeling this, but let's get out of this funk and move forward. You know, but instead, you 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 get this kind of salute. You know, yeah. it, it's someone else's fault. It was their fault because, you know, they didn't follow through or, you know, someone or it was their fault. It's never my fault. I'm the leader. You know, this says right on my door. I am it says, you know, my, my name I'm outside the door and my uh, my Tesla parked right by the front door. So it can't be me. Can't be me. It's whoever else. And part of the big thing of being a leader is being vulnerable. 
being humble, having the courage to admit when you're wrong. You know, failure is, you know, people are afraid of failure, Michael. And I think a lot of it comes, that blame comes from, I can't be seen as a failure. Failure in a lot of ways is the fastest way to success. You got to fail. The the whole thing about failure has been really screwed up because we're going to fail. It's inevitable. We're going to fail. We're we're fallible human beings. We, we, We all fall short all the time. It's not just the failure. It's the judgment that comes with the failure. And with judgment comes shame. That's why people don't want to fail. They don't want to be judged and they don't want to be shamed. They do not want to feel bad about what they've done. And they don't want to feel bad about they themselves. They don't like that is is a brutal and horrible place to be. And if we're bringing that to the workplace as leaders, we're doing we're doing a terrible thing. We're doing a terrible disservice. That's why sometimes when we go into these processes and we're setting up the accountability for the whole thing is we have to set it up in such a way. If this doesn't work, let me know. Let me know where the snags are. Let me know what it's not, you know, working out the way we want it to. Let me know where the problems are because I'm going to set it up front because we don't have it perfect. We never will have it perfect. But you have my door. It is open for us to come back and work this thing through with you. Right. That's a whole different kind of partnership and accountability that leaders can bring to what it is that they're doing here. And again, that kind of that kind of capacity to be able to relate to people and communicate to people and work with people is not necessarily that comes easily. Yeah. Again, we may have the intellectual prowess and the understanding and the education and all that kind of stuff, but it all changes. It all changes once you step into those shoes of that leader, that leader position. I'm telling you, it's like an yeah. apple cart that's been spilled out and now the apples are all over the place and you just don't want to do it. And conversely, as a leader who's not really there yet, you don't want to be judged. Yes. You don't want to be shamed. So, of course, deflection is the easiest thing to do. Well, it's somebody else. It's not my fault. Exactly. So another thing about this is assuming the worst. (laughs) Yes. Reminds me of some people. Assuming the worst. What is what the heck is that all about, Rich? Your cup's half empty. (laughs) I don't know. And that that comes with that blame. You know, we that assuming the worst, the blame game. Everything is always, you know, chicken little. The sky's falling. Um, you know, we're going and here's a problem. Uh, this this is an issue with with companies that do not. And this assuming the worst could be across the board. You know, organizations, you know, like with an M&A, you know, a merger or acquisition. Now, a lot of those people in that acquisition feel like I'm going to be losing my job. I'm assuming the worst they're, they're going to come in and they're going to cut heads. That's all taken care of by good leadership who who is communicating effectively. And so that assuming the worst uh, isn't just a a leader that's, you know, not showing trust in their team, but it's also a team not hearing the communication from the leader. That can go two ways. That's right. That's, That's very good. Assuming the worst is actually about somebody who is deliberately looking for problems. They're kind of passing over the successes, they're passing over the wins, they're passing over the good that this individual did or this team did, and they're just going directly into, you know, uh, here's the problem, here's what. Now, I get this. This is the real problem. It's kind of like what we were talking about before. It's not only what you what you did, it's who it is that you are. That's what that this whole thing of assuming the worst really gets to. Not that you, what you did is the worst. It's kind of like you're the worst 
If it weren't for you, this thing would all be working better. And why do leaders do that? It's it's really simple. Well, there may be several reasons. Why would a leader do that? Why would they assume the worst so that they could point out what the people are doing wrong and on and on? Why would they do that? It's a good question. Uh, you know, that, that those are the people who probably do not have faith in in their felt their team. They don't have faith in the people they've. And here's a problem: if you can't hire the people that have the heart, the the capacity to really be part of this team, and you've put them in a position where I'm just gonna, you know, I hired this guy; he's the only person I could find, and he's not gonna do a good job for me. Yeah, it's the worst. Well, well, why did you do that? You know, in the first place, it's if you don't have faith in the people you, you're you gathering around you, and part of that comes because you're not listening to them to begin with. But you know, then you're going to assume, yeah, it's their fault. And it's they're, all done to make yourself. There's no way they can make it the other side. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. And, and it's done pretty much to make yourself look good. Yeah. And, you know, I see a lot of this, and I think we, we see a lot of this not only in society now, but in the workplace where there might be cultural differences. Yeah. Where you can't, you know, it's, it's cross-cultural uh, leadership, and we're going to be talking about that in another issue, so I'm not, I'm not going to dive into that. But always assuming because someone's come from a different background, from a different country, from a different uh, walk of life, from a different religion, different color, different whatever, you, there's always that assumption, unfounded assumption, that, yeah, they're not as good as me. Yeah, it's a prejudice. It's a prejudice, it's a absolutely. Yeah, it truly is. How about high turnover? You know, high turnover, I think, is the biggest red flag in this whole issue we're talking about with leadership. And uh, th let's give them that example, Michael, this, this company we know of without mentioning any, anybody. $400 million company, 700 employees, 28% turnover that uh, more than double the industry standard. $4.5 million cost, annual cost in just turnover and replacing employees. Okay, so look at 28% of 700 employees. That's a big chunk, especially when each of these employees are not entry-level employees. They're all have specific tasks and jobs that, you know, they, they've had degrees for or whatever. And so the, the senior leadership ignored that. We even saw that where they'd gone out onto reviews, say, on Glassdoor where they've got a really poor review on Glassdoor and they someone come along saying they're an executive, I, I don't know, a contributor, executive, it was some odd title. They said, well, this person's probably never worked for us because we can't be that bad. Okay. And then when this was pointed out, the analogy of $400 is in my pocket and I've lost, you know, I've, I've lost $4.50. I still got plenty left. Until you don't. Until you don't. And that's what happened. Until you don't. And then it became, oh, my word, we've we've lost so much money. And now our customer base bailed on us because it's such a high turnover. They didn't know, you know, you don't have this face 
that these customers are used to talking to, have this relationship with, have this knowledge and trust with someone within the organization that they're going to work with them and solve their problems. So all of a sudden, what happens? It's not just high turnover that's the problem. You start losing customers. You start losing, you know, and you start getting this reputation as an organization. Even your vendors can start to get a little bit. Your vendors will start talking about this. So this is not, and, and so now, it and it's just like you said, until you don't. And now they don't. And they're still ignorant to the fact of, of, of this is going on and still playing the blame game and still doing these things with uh, people within their organization and assuming the worst and blaming and running off other people in different departments to, to for, for fall guys. It's, it's, it's a circus and it's sad because it's a phenomenal company. They're, what they were, what they provided was an excellent the service was great service. Just, the way they treated everybody who worked there, a lot of yeah. them. So it, it, a very interesting thing about this. Leadership, we talked about leadership, accountability, empowering others, um, you know, not assuming the worst, you know, look at the real numbers here when it comes to your business in terms of employee retention. And there's this one that's very interesting here at the end about, you know, setting unrealistic deadlines. One particular leader, head of a company, he would throw out this vision. You were talking about vision before. It never really quite explained what that was. What's the vision? Just kind of threw that out there and expected people to pick it up. He had a, he had a typical thing that he would do, which mystified me as I learned about it. And that when people didn't take up the, the cause as he wanted them to, and he gave very little direction, very little support, right? So it wasn't really there as a leader. He was just a guy throwing out ideas in some ways. But when they didn't match up to his his expectations, he said something that was just unbelievable. And that was this. I'm disappointed. That was it. I'm disappointed. And everybody in that that C-level suite and, and all throughout the com- company were just always like, oh, gosh, is he going to be disappointed again? And my question is, well, what are you disappointed about exactly? What exactly were your expectations? What exactly did you do in, in terms of giving them direction? What exactly did you do in giving them resources? What exactly did you do showing up and talking with them and visiting with them as they were in the process of doing this thing that you wanted them to do? How often did you check in between the time you said, this is where I'd like to go, and when the deadline that you set, which may have been arbitrary, it may have been just a silly thing, how often did you actually come in and touch your employees to find out what was going on? The yeah. answer was never. Never. And so when you really take a look at that and you say, I'm disappointed, what I recommend to you, Mr. Boss, is this. Go to the bathroom. Good place for you to go with this crap. Look in the mirror and say that same thing. I'm disappointed. And it begins with you, your disappointment in yourself. You're the one who let it down. Yeah. And it's a hard and it is a bitter pill to swallow. But it is, it is, it is exactly the place to go. We're talking about vulnerability, transparency. Yeah. All those kinds of things, that's exactly where you need to go because that is a brutal admission on your part that you were the one who failed. You were the one who let not just, you know, the team down, you let your entire organization down. That's a tough call. But, you know, if you got a backbone, if you got any real sense of your values that you've integrated, that you say that you stand for, 
That's exactly what you do. Because what else is there to do, man? <laughs> when you get down to it, who yeah. the heck do you, who the heck do you think you're kidding when you say I'm disappointed? <laughs> yeah, I you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this uh, just a little bit too yeah. on the disappointment thing is I've seen this with younger leaders uh, or people who've been fast tracked into a position of, of leadership or a position where they need to make these, these decisions and they don't have a real understanding. They haven't been trained. They haven't been, you know, their expectations, the organization haven't been clearly defined. And so they make these assumptions that, you know, I can tell now I'm, I'm in this position. I can tell these people that this is their deadline without truly understanding the process. And so this goes back to organizations setting up leaders to fail, putting them in these positions. And that's we've talked about this before. Be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. Be careful about that position you want. You just might get it. And if you're not ready for it, if you haven't done your due diligence and you get to put in a position where you're not prepared as, a, as you know, in, in your organization to move forward and the organization hasn't prepared you with clear guidelines yes uh-huh. those unrealistic deadlines come back and backfire on that that person and now then then faith goes out the window on this leadership you know trust you know then you know team camaraderie all this goes out the window because this guy doesn't know anything doesn't know any he does doesn't know what he's talking about and in reality he's been said that he or she has been set up for failure you will know, Mr. and Ms. Leader, when you are failing you, your organization, when something very simple happens, and that's this, when your best talent leaves. When your best talent leaves, what they are saying, if they haven't said it outright, they, just what you were talking about there, when, when they leave, what they're saying is, I no longer believe in you as a leader. I don't believe in you, and I'm going to go someplace to some organization where I can actually believe in the leadership, and I can count on them doing and saying all the things that they need to do to be successful and allow me to be part of that to help them to be successful. That's what they're saying. So take a look. Take an honest look at that. Take a look in the mirror. Take a look at the people that are leaving. Is it the best people? It's because you're not up to their speed. You're not leading to their level. Right. You know, you know, Michael, we talk a lot about executive coaching isn't just for the organization. It's just not for your job. Mm-hmm. It's a life-changing experience. You know, it's, it changes who you are, not only as a leader, but as an individual, as a person. It is, it's life-changing. And when we say life-changing, we truly mean that. They do. You can, you talked about this, and we, we talked about this earlier. In order to see what a leader is truly like, you don't have to go any further than seeing what they are outside of the workplace, who they truly are as a human being. Are they are they are they entitled outside of work? They feel entitled, or are they giving individuals? That that is just a fundamental truth, and and I like what you're saying there. And that's this: that if you will allow yourself to to put yourself in a position to really learn who you are as a leader, your innate capacities, your potential, 
you know, really finding out how it is that you work and you get to work and you, and you, you have somebody such as ourselves, Rich and, and, and I work with you. It is not only a life changing experience. I'm going to tell you, it is a mind blowing experience because you will find out things about yourself that you never realized that were great. You'll start looking honestly at the things that you do that are not so great. And you will develop a new kind of focus and courage to bring out the best in you. And when that, when you do that, it is contagious. That's the word, contagious. Yes. It will catch fire throughout your organization. You will inspire others to bring their best game rather than their protective game of, I just hope they don't notice all the things that aren't going right. Right. Yeah. That confidence. Yep. There's, there's a, there's a real confidence that you start seeing in yourself. And people see that. They see this conflict. They feel it. Absolutely. All right. Let's wrap this up. All right. Nice. Thank you for joining us today, folks. We really appreciate it. A shout out to today. Shout out to today. Toyota. I think that's how we say it. Toyota Tokyo. T-Y-O-D-A. Not Toyota, but Toyota Tokyo. <laughs> shout out to you, folks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching us. Excellent. Part of our our uh, our listeners and viewers and if you got anything to say the rest of you folks liverpool idaho uh frankfurt you know wherever it may be come communicate with us let's have a conversation let's make some things happen here let's make it better for everybody all Excellent. right let's take it so, home all you folks from london to idaho there you go. <laughs> england to idaho and all points in between thank you very much for joining us tonight uh, we hope you have a great weekend. Hope you stay safe. And uh, look us up. Look us up. Let's talk. You know, what are you waiting for? Here's the thing. Executive Leaders Act, ILEC.com. Let's do this. If you're ready for that change in your life, if you're ready for that next level, if you're ready to find out who you really are, or you just want to talk and have a conversation and be a next guest on our, our, our podcast. Let us know. So everybody have a great weekend. Take care. Be safe. And we will see you again next time. All right. All the best to you, folks. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.